back to Buying Standards and Shaming Oh My, a podcast about the unfair ways people are judged based on their clothing and outward expression. My name is Megan Ashworth. And I'm Garrett Mason. And today we're at the Gender and, <laughs> gender and Sexuality Center. Wow. Gender and Sexuality Center to discuss con- the concept of gender expression and how people form stereotypes and biases based on it. To start out, could I have both our guests introduce themselves and if you're comfortable, explain your gender identity and pronouns. Hi, so I'm Emery. I am non-binary and I use they, them pronouns. Uh, my name's Hale. I use he, him, or they, them. Um, and I would describe myself as transmasculine, uh, somewhere between agender and trans man. Um, I do use both of those identities. Okay, um, how would you define gender expression and its relationship to gender identity? I would say that gender expression is kind of the way that you present your gender to the world. It's the things that you do, the way that you speak, and the things that you wear. And it's related to gender identity isn't exactly solid because you can have somebody who, like a perfect example would be a butch lesbian who identifies strongly as a woman but presents herself in a masculine way. So it's not always connected, but for a lot of people it is connected. My next question was, does somebody's clothing, mannerisms, and other outward expressions affect how they are viewed by the public in regards to gender? I definitely would say so, because I feel like there's a lot of pressure for people to kind of stick within their gender confines a lot of the times. Like, if a little boy wants to dress up as Elsa for Halloween, he's made fun of online, they say all these nasty things about him when it's just a kid wanting to wear a different cut of cloth. Yeah, definitely. Just as a follow-up question, um, we all know that dominant culture kind of like dictates those um, those uh, perceptions of people. Do you think like any specific things that dominant culture does kind of really reinforces that type of um, ideology when it comes to certain mannerisms? Well, I mean, society sets the standard for you know what uh, what the association is going to be. You know, if you're going to associate pink with women, that's entirely you know a societal pressure. It has nothing to actually do with the intrinsic relationship between women and the color pink you know what I mean it's it's kind of the um the template that's kind of silently agreed upon nice. you know traditionally agreed upon yeah like social and actually yeah. up until the first half of the 20th century blue used to be associated with women and pink used to be associated with boys I didn't know that that's interesting yeah I always I just think it's so like silly that people like prescribe even like colors to gender it's like like I'll ask like my dad for example like why do you think that pink is a girl's color? And he's like, pink is just, pink is girl, blue is boy. Like it, he's like, it just makes sense. And I'm like, it's just like, you're just talking about yeah, absorption of light. Exactly. Yeah. But like, yeah, some people genuinely believe that a color literally has a gender. It's just, well, we do the same thing with cats and dogs. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah. prescribe cats as feminine and dogs yeah. as masculine just arbitrarily. Yeah. We do do it with a lot of old things, even deodorant. Like, I, my deodorant broke, so I ended up having to use uh, this woman's deodorant that just so happened my mom let me borrow. And um, I, my roommates come in, no offense to them, they're also great people, but um, just the first thing they say is like, oh, you're using a woman's deodorant? I was like, yeah, I mean, it still does the same yeah. thing. Yeah, like thing. scent doesn't have a gender. Yeah. Why can't men smell like pretty flowers too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. question was if you're comfortable sharing have you ever been misgendered or like had your identity questioned because of your style choices or the way you like act or talk around people 
And how does that make you feel? Do you want to hit that first? Uh, sure. So I get misgendered pretty much constantly anyways because nobody really respects non-binary identities or they them pronouns a lot like even other trans people but especially cis people who don't really know much about this it's kind of one of those things where i've had to learn to accept them get get misgendered every day no matter what i wear and i definitely notice that does tend to get a bit worse whenever i'm wearing something that like is a bit more like shapely to like my chest or things that are more like feminine and cut quote-unquote like if I wear a skirt, then I'm more likely to get misgendered. Yeah. Do you, like, believe that there's, like, is there, just, like, out of curiosity, is there, like, a standard, like, way that, like, someone can dress to be viewed as non-binary? Like, yeah, so there I'd shouldn't be, the but there is such a thing as, like, there are a lot of, like, ideals within the community about, like, mm-hmm. what a standard non-binary person should look like and, like, for a lot of people, the first thing that people think of when they think of non-binary is a white, skinny, usually assigned female at birth person with who's that hair. dressing perfectly androgynously and usually with short, maybe yeah. brightly colored hair. Yep. Like and a perfect 50-50 mix between, like, male traits and female traits. Yeah. and Yeah. And that's kind of, like, what most people would consider, or at least a lot of people view people as People in the community ideal. would, yeah. might suspect you of being non-binary before you say so, yeah. Yeah. Which also kind of puts you guys in a bind, because then you guys... Or not you guys, but y'all just, you know, can't really wear what you want to wear and, you know, you're stuck with that kind of, if you don't want to get misgendered, then you have to kind of do that 50-50 split, as Meg said, you know, yeah. with the, you know, following into that kind of stereotype with the colorful hair. and Yeah, and, like, people, like, judge you to not be non-binary enough if you're, like, dressing too skewed towards one gender identity mm-hmm. or, like, one style presentation. Like, if somebody who's, like, assigned female at birth, like, dresses more femininely than others and they'll be like accused of faking it or mm. of not really being non-binary even though they are they just happen to like a certain cut of cloth yeah yeah it happens all the time in community and actually I'm, I'm kind of on the other extreme of that where i do have a more of a masculine presentation more of a masculine like person but um i i do identify with the non-binary side of the spectrum however um in an effort to not be misgendered you know, I'd rather be misgendered as, like, a man. It's typically how I'm read when I'm out, um, especially if I'm out for a short period of time, so I kind of do have a little bit of passing privilege. Um, so, uh, you know, people people will clock me if I'm around for a couple weeks, but <laughs> usually I'm, I'm all right for a while. Um, and I, it's, it is a struggle because I feel like I have to sort of um, divorce myself from my more, like, non-binary traits because um, society is so polarized that my, my only options are to be read as a woman and then that's just like 100% wrong or to be read as a man and someone's like, you know, a little wrong, you know what I mean? But I don't have the ability to talk about like my authentic self with a cisgendered person. So I'd rather be read in like a way that I can manage, if that makes any sense. Yeah. 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 Like to most people, I just describe myself as a lesbian because like it's easier to come across as a woman attracted to women than it is like somebody who's non-binary attracted to women and other non-binary people because that's just a lot more complicated to explain to people who are cisgender and heterosexual who just really don't understand any of that yeah especially when there's no like specific terminology for type that kind of thing yeah i'm just out of like pure interest i'm just kind of curious how that um how that almost like makes you feel and how like it does it make you guys feel like almost like tired or like affect you guys mentally I keep, I keep feeling bad, I keep saying guys, but like I just, I, I would do that for everyone, um, but um, does it, yeah, does it tire you? 
So, like, I'll have instances of being tired. So I'm not tired when I'm, like, by myself, like, as a person mm-hmm. sitting around. I'm tired when, like, after working somewhere for a month, um, some so, guy calls me it. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, yeah that, that happened pretty recently. Um, like, that shit's annoying. Um, because there's no actual, like, genuine curiosity as to, like, why I am the way I am and, like, my like there's been a lot of like years of self-exploration to come to this conclusion and um just the the flagrant disrespect sometimes yeah it's yeah it's irritating and like would you rather someone like just like do you like when people show like curiosity or do you just like wish they would just kind of let you when it's genuine like when it's genuine and then usually it's another queer person at that point you know someone who can kind of already identify with that struggle and sort of like you know see me and you know kind of already have a hint as to what's up yeah um i get like occasionally i'll cis like cis gays come up to me and ask you know polite but curious questions and that's totally fine um 100 especially if it's in private because um you know as, as anyone in the community will tell you like it's dangerous to be outed yeah. And to be outed publicly, you know, with the, like, I had, again, I had a guy call me it in front of my other coworkers. Well, you've just outed me. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know who's safe in here. I don't know, you know, if someone's going to, you know, confront me about, like, anything. My genitals, about my clothing. Yeah. Like, I don't know who's going to harass me or when. So that's never safe. So, like, ask in private if you're going to ask. Yeah. Yeah, like, I had a roommate this year for the first time in a couple of years and she was a cisgender straight woman and like one of the first questions she asked me was like can you explain non-binary and like they them to me because I don't really get it and like I could tell that by the end of my explanation she still didn't quite get it but she was at least respectful and like I mm. appreciated the fact that she asked and asked and like at the end she was just kind of like I still don't quite understand it but I'll respect it yeah, you know, like sometimes that's the that's the most that we can ask sometimes, or at least the least. Yeah, you know, and I think that should be the standard. You know, is like you don't have to understand it, but you know, it makes someone's it's respectful to someone else. It makes someone else's life like a little bit easier, and it's kind of like explaining the rules of like how to interact with you. You know what I mean? And I I don't understand people who would just like you know it's it's a pretty easy thing. It's just like a vocab change for somebody, like to just do it. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't have to really get it. Just fucking it's it's just common courtesy yeah and a lot of people think you're gonna like get mad at them if you slip up but like no just don't make a big deal like just correct yourself and move on yeah. like it's not like you don't have to be like oh i'm so sorry like go on and on like yeah yeah, yeah. Kind of the stereotype in the fine is like a lot of people do see you know when they think they're about to get it wrong they feel like you guys might like snap you know, or they might, like, yeah. get those, like, super stereotypical um, LGBT members that are, like, super... Um, Did like, you just assume my gender? Yeah, oh, my yeah, gosh, very yeah. Flamboyant, I don't know, think... I don't yeah, honestly think those exist. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've never heard anyone <laughs> say that. I've never that actually do that. Or, like, conservative sock puppets who just... Making fun make of... Yeah. Accounts to make queer people look bad. Right. No, it, like... Like if you're if you're making your best effort, you have to realize that that person probably gets misgendered in a harmful way, probably on a daily basis, if not yeah. a weekly basis. So they're not gonna give you flack. Yeah. At least I hope not. If they're decent. Yeah. Yeah, and like just with that entire like phenomenon in general, it's kind of like those news articles, and it's like oh, like people are demanding there be a gender neutral Santa Claus or gender neutral gen- gingerbread people, and I'm just like no, literally nobody's asking for this. <laughs> We're just asking for decent like basic human respect. We don't care about getting a gender neutral Santa Claus or gender neutral cookies. Yeah. 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 Those are just like the outliers, but people make them like the poster people for yeah. the group. 
yeah. out a lot. We could, I generalize a lot for all sorts of different things. Like, same thing with feminism. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I, like, told, whenever I tell people that I'm a feminist, they're like, oh, you don't, like, seem like that kind of person. Or, like, oh, so you're just, like, you hate men and, like, you don't shave your legs and all those, like, stereotypes that just come along with, like, certain labels. And it's just crazy. But, yeah, like, um, on the topic when we were saying, like, when people just ask out of genuine curiosity, like, how you identify, like, a big moment for me was um, one of my coworkers was, I wasn't, like, sure if he was trans. Like, I didn't want to, like, ask, but, like, some people were using she pronouns, some people were using he pronouns, so, I, like, I wasn't sure. Yeah. So I just, like, asked him, like, in a space where we were alone to not, like out him accidentally or anything just like oh just like out of curiosity like I want to respect you and he was just super like thankful and like he was like that means a lot to me that you would ask instead of just assuming yeah a lot of people are just like scared to ask and think you're gonna like lash out but I was actually really fortunate so um I lived in California really briefly and it was a nightmare but uh, the good part about that was um my boss asked like my my boss boss and then she made sure that like the management knew and I never had a problem there yeah yeah it was super and that was just a moment of just private curiosity you know she had like a a sister with a trans kid or something and you know she 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 was vaguely aware and you know that was cool kind of sucks to get clocked but you know (laughs) nonetheless we do it so respectfully you know cool just something oh sorry and like I had a recent interaction with a Somebody in one of my classes where I noticed that they were wearing transgender colored sneakers and they were wearing like the trans pride pomper. So I was like, okay, so I don't know what pronouns to use for this person. So I'm like one day before class, I just quickly wrote in like the top of my notebook, like, hey, what pronouns do you want to use if you're like comfortable with me sharing that? And then she just posted back and said that she liked to use she, her. And she was like grateful that I asked her first. Yeah. And we kind of just formed, like, this trans solidarity within the class. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just on the topic of work, have you guys, you guys, both of you work, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever, like, experienced any, like, co-worker problems besides that one person? Besides when I was called it? Yeah. Oh, that's so bad. Um, <laughs> publicly? Uh, <laughs> any other co-worker problems? Let me think. I have had. Um, one time I had a boss who... Um, uh, walked into, I was running like a little snack shack and he walked in and this was on campus and, um, you know, he, he, he was like, oh, you're all alone in here. I'm like, yep, it's a one man show. And he's like, one woman show, right? Ooh. Right. Right. And it's like, <laughs> get out, <laughs> leave. Like you didn't have, you didn't have to do this. Yeah, yeah. Extra. Right. Yeah. It is un- unnecessarily like I, that's happened many times where, especially like, you know, people who aren't of this generation, will like find like wait for like a little moment just to up oh, now's my moment to dig into whatever yeah. the fuck's going on with you publicly and so just stop you know yeah. uh. so my next question was can you describe the relationship between gender roles and how people are perceived and treated in everyday interactions it's kind of what we were talking about before but just like Mm. how someone's expression could impact how people treat them publicly um well I don't know my first my first thought was like flirtation wise like you'll figure out real quick if you start you know expressing yourself differently that whoever you know whoever wants to interact with you and whoever will like you know go out of the way to be extra nice and you know the kind of flirtatious behavior will shift really quickly um yeah uh, and 
I definitely feel like if somebody's like if somebody performs a gender role that isn't congruent with the way that they express themselves physically or their gender identity then a lot of people will get mad yeah like if there's like a man in public who he could be like as straight as they come as cisgender as they come and if he's wearing a skirt in public people will make fun of him for it like people make fun of boys for like liking baking and not liking sports and liking playing with dolls and stuff and, like, they're just generally discouraged from doing what they want to do because they're expected to fit into this narrow gender norm of what it's like to be a man and masculinity, and they're expected to perform masculine gender roles. Yeah. And when that doesn't line up with them being a man, then it kind of just creates a lot of bullying from other children and from a lot from adults. Even if it doesn't... I've noticed that the adults will be a lot more judgmental than other children will be when it comes to gender presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It also, there's, like, a sexuality enforcement part of it, too. So, um, like, let's say you're a cisgender man and you're wearing a poncho. Like, I saw a cisgender guy wearing a poncho, and he was gay, but it would be, like, he was. <laughs> but that's besides the but point. But that's beside the point. Like, the fact that, you know, even, even me, like, I saw him wearing a poncho, like, you automatically go, like, this guy isn't straight. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like, the same thing happens, like, when you see a cisgender woman, like, presenting more masculinely, you're like, that's a lesbian. And it's, it's really weird, um, and I think from, like, a cisgender perspective, like, if you're, if you're outside of the community, like, looking in, that's pretty much all you're going to know the community for, and, like, where, you know, if you step in the doors, you're going to realize, like, there's femme lesbians, there's yeah. a lot of femme lesbians. Yeah. I actually didn't really appreciate how many femme lesbians there were <laughs> until I, like, really got involved with the community, like, I, I did yeah. not even know what that looks like, and I'm sure a lot of people don't when they're, like, walking around, like, you know... Yeah. And, um, it's, you know, you never know. you like, there's a decent chance you will be wrong no matter what you read. Um, and cause you don't know where, where the line stops for someone between sexuality or gender expression. And the only way to know is to ask, yeah. um, you know, 100%. So yeah, yeah. Even like myself, like, even though like I consider myself like in tune with the community, I don't know how to say that, but like, like fairly like into all the, um, I don't know, my mouth isn't working. But, <laughs> like, I feel like I know a decent bit about, like, different, like, expressions and identities and stuff like that. But, like, it's, like, important to, like, always be learning because, like, there's still, like, a bunch of stuff that I don't know and, like, I'll still make, like, quick assumptions about people mm -hmm. and then I'll, like, have to, like, check myself and be like, you don't know that person. Like, yeah. just because they're wearing a certain outfit doesn't mean they're gay. Like... And it's hard to stop assuming, to stop ourselves from assuming things. The best thing that we can do is always just give them that uh, common courtesy yeah. and actually make, make sure with you know and talk to them and to make sure that we you know we do their right and we aren't yeah. just assuming it and then continually assuming it and then you know almost kind of like forcing it on them if they you know don't agree with what you just said or what you assume. Yeah, and I think um, it, it's kind of interesting because I think um, in you know hundreds of years ago, like uh, quick assumptions have kept us alive. You know what I mean? Quick assumptions allow you to read a situation that's dangerous or not dangerous and to like quickly understand what's going on. Um, in modern society, like you do need to recognize that that is maladaptive sometimes mm -hmm. and needs to be put on the back burner and you need to double check and you need to do, you know, do your basic courtesy to another human being to make sure that like your assumptions are not wrong. Yeah, definitely. My next question um, was how do gender roles impact you on a personal level and have you ever changed how you express yourself because you feared the reaction of others? 
Oh, I've absolutely, at least regarding to the second part of that question, like I have absolutely changed my um, like presentation with regards to how I want to be viewed, um, because like I, it's actually like you know in terms of like gender dysphoria, like I'm actually very dysphoric if I'm misgendered as a woman. It's like it'll fuck me up for a while. <laughs> it's it's it's. Um, I don't know if I'm not allowed to say that on your podcast. No, no, you can. Trust oh, me. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Our instructor um, curses in class. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, oh, it's super duper distressing. Like, I will, like, I, I pretty much don't tolerate it. So that's forced me into probably a slightly more masculine, a more masculine presentation, you know, in terms of, like, gender expression versus, like, how I actually identify. Um, a good example of this, I really, 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 for some reason, like, um, like, anklets. I really like like uh, they're like little jingly bell anklets. <laughs> Those are so fucking cool. And yeah. I, I just like in and out of perfect world, I have like cargo shorts and little jingly anklets. <laughs> but if I do that, one of two things will happen. I'll either be read as gay or I'll be read as like, I'll be clocked as, you know, AFAB, you know, yeah. side female at birth, which I don't want. So it is 100% influenced how I present myself. Yeah. So you know? like you find yourself like, Wearing clothes, I mean, not wearing clothes, not because, like, you don't personally enjoy them, but because you don't want, like, other people to. Because I don't want to be misgendered, yeah. yeah. Mm? Now, this is a little bit, um, might be a little bit personal, so you guys don't have to answer this, but, um, how are your families, you know, were you guys scared of coming out to your families? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Too. But how do they take it? Yeah, I'll let them talk first. Uh, haven't really come out to most of my family. Most of my the those that do don't really understand it or just kind of accepting of it. But I remember that like my grandma was the first one to kind of pass her to me into coming out because like when I was in high school, I didn't want to shave my legs. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. I didn't want to do my makeup, but I wanted to wear my hair short. And she just constantly passed me like, "Do you want to look like a boy? Is that what you want to do? Do you want to look like a boy?" And eventually one day, I just kind of snapped at her. I was like, "No, I don't want to look like a boy, but I don't want to look like a girl either." And then she just kind of shut up for that a while. Yeah. And then like I went to our high school for the arts, and. Uh, I remember that like one day a couple of years ago I was having a discussion with my grandma about like the fact that like one of my friends had recently come out as trans and she was just like I wish I hadn't sent you to that uh, stupid art school because then you wouldn't get all these stupid ideas about gender. We have literally like the same experience like ever since you started talking I was like (laughs) 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 yeah like I'm not even Catholic like we're like unidentified Christian, but my family will still be like, we're sending you to Catholic school, like, as a threat. Yeah, no, I went like, to Catholic yeah. school for 10 years, and then my grandma wanted me to go to an all-girls Catholic school for high school, because she didn't want me to go into public school, but I found the charter school instead, so I did that, because yeah. I'm going to Catholic school for another four years. <laughs> yeah, people think it's, like, literally, like, your outside influence is, like, making you gay, like, yeah. she's like, I shouldn't have sent you to a public school, like, you're getting all these ideas, and... But it's just not the reality. And I'm just like, Grandma, I've been gay since I was in middle school and Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh my god, I have such like a long laundry list of like experiences as far as like coming out at home goes. Um, I've been like this for as long as I have memories. Um, it's like, I, I remember being like a little kid and it was like, what do you want to be for Halloween? It's like, I want to be a fucking knight. 
I want a little sword and I want a little fucking like plate thing. Yeah, and you know, everyone would be like, you know, you want to be a princess? No, I want to rescue the princess. Yeah. So um, I've been like this forever. Uh, I when I was in like middle school and high school, when I used to have presentations, I would. Um, I first started stealing them, but later I would ask um, for my dad's ties because um, I didn't feel official without one. Like, and that used, you know, that sort of like excusing yourself has happened my whole life where, oh, I need to wear a tie during a presentation because I don't feel like official without one. And then it was like, well, I get, I'm allowed to wear a binder because I'm doing cosplay and people who do cosplay oh, wear binders. Yeah. And I can wear men's pants because they have bigger pockets and they're you know, better quality. And then you just keep on excusing yourself and excusing yourself and excusing yourself uh, your whole life until it eventually comes to the point where you're like, well, here I am. And <laughs> um, obviously like something is up. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've been like this forever. Um, I did, I, um, so as opposed to what like a normal person would do, which is like come out to your parents, um, I went away to college, I filmed a coming out video, didn't send it, uh, shaved my head, totally changed everything about my expression because I finally was able to, you know, like I had like total freedom. So now it was time for like a total revamp of how I look and uh, enjoyed the shit out of it, came out to everyone I know you know, anyone who had like any inkling of a, a connection to me. And then, um, you know, they would pester me with questions at home, you know, like, why, why does your hair look like this? I loved your long hair. You're so pretty with your oh long my hair. I went, I, my, my family does the same exact fucking thing to me. I used to wash my underwear in secret so they wouldn't know. Oh. Yeah, like a bunch of, bunch of stuff like that. And then eventually I'm like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like I'm, I am what I am. I'm going to do what I want to do like in public. And, um, I actually ran away to California, like right outside of San Francisco. Um, I was living with roommates. It was horrible beyond comprehension, but <laughs> I ran away. And like, when I came back, I, I was like, you know, like a big factor in me running away was, um, not like I wanted to come out and I wanted to do so from a place of safety where I was out of the house and you know I've never felt comfortable coming out and um you know I have more of the experience like lived in experience of being a boy and I enjoy like how I am now and um you know I my my mom was like well you don't have the experience of being a boy I'm like well I certainly as fuck do not have the experience of being a girl so where does that leave us? I don't know. So anyway, my parents were never supportive and uh, continue to not be so. And you just have to do you and live your life and not give a fuck, even what you are. Just be, you know? Yeah. Interesting. That was powerful. I don't have the experience to be a boy, but that's interesting. Mm. I feel like you don't really need experience to either be either to be honest. Yeah. What? I think like just rip out my notes. I guess to know different, um, you know, how society views both genders. I suppose you would need experience just to avoid certain, you know, you know, societal penalties. Because obviously, women have uh, a certain societal penalties for doing certain things, you know, different from men. Um, so I guess you would need a little bit of experience in that. But even then, I feel like you don't need. So I think that um, cisgender people, uh, once you, you know, if if you're living that life where you are cisgender. Um, I think a lot of times it flies under people's radar, like, there is a sense of kinship, you know what I mean? Like, when you walk into a locker room, you go, yes, 
here are people who are like fundamentally similar to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so if you grow up in a different condition where you grow up walking into the locker room and being like, I am one needle in a haystack and looking around at all these like pieces of hay and I am a needle, like it, you have this sense of separation from your sex. And I guess the, then, then we get into the difference like between like, you know, gender expression versus like your identity from like a sexual basis. Um, so I, uh, I don't know. I, there's a kinship that I have never felt with women, with lesbians, like, you know what I mean? I've, tri- I've tried being in all these communities. And it, you know, you know when you don't fit. Yeah, that's true. Very interesting story. You guys have to come through a lot of shit tomorrow. I'm very surprised. <laughs> all right, um, uh, my last question was, uh, do you believe that the idea of traditional gender roles is toxic altogether, or is it only made toxic by the way it's emphasized in society and, like, forced on people? I feel like we should really just do away with gender roles in general and just let people do whatever they want to do. Because, like, who says that, like, it's masculine to abandon your child? Like, who says that men can't be loving parents and that isn't babysitting when they care after their own kids? Yeah. Like, no, you're not babysitting. You're taking care of your child. Yeah. Mm. And just, I feel like if we got rid of the idea of, like, gender being connected to different performances and, like, if you're a woman, you have to like baking and cleaning and things like that. I feel like if we just did away with that entire notion that a lot of people would be better off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much on board with that. Like we need to like at minimum soften gender roles. Um, I don't think it's doing anybody any favors. Um, but I also want to emphasize like with a big asterisk on that, that, um, you know, even some, sometimes people say this as like a way to, you know, say like to invalidate trans people to say like, you know, you're trans because of society's overwhelming gender roles and like, you know, the dichotomy between them. And because you don't uh, conform, you feel the need to be like the other, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of the narrative that gets thrust onto us. And I just like want to emphasize that um, unless you talk to trans people, unless you actually like hear their experiences and their like lived in experiences, you're not going to understand like the, um, uh, like lack of congruency. And like I said, it's a sense of, kinship and even if it's not based in gender roles it's still based in your body a lot of trans people like the vast majority of trans people um have a like um your sense of how your body is is different than how it is physically on this plane you know what i mean and even if we did away with gender roles i just want to emphasize like that is like i am not trans because the archetypal woman didn't appeal to me yeah like i am trans because of a long history of not feeling comfortable in my skin yeah if that makes any sort of sense yeah yeah kind of just this whole idea of gender dysphoria and the fact that some trans people don't have gender dysphoria but a lot do yeah and that has to do not with your gender roles well i mean it can't be incorporated into that but a lot of that also has to do with your physicality and like not being comfortable with certain aspects that are associated with the sex that you were assigned to at birth rather than the gender that you identify as. So like for me, I experienced dysphoria about my breast size because I'm uncomfortable with that and I feel like it's not congruent with how I feel inside. And that's kind of like the best way that I can describe gender dysphoria personally is like a disconnect between like who you are on the inside and who you are on the outside and kind of like the distress that comes from that disconnect. 
Yeah. And, like, by getting rid of gender roles, it doesn't get rid of the physical aspect of dysphoria. I guess the best I could say is, like, imagine if puberty did nothing to you. That's what it's like. If yeah. puberty didn't have an effect and you spent your whole teenagehood going, like, any day now, any day now, and then it just didn't happen, that's what that feels like. That That is a closer approximation. Yeah. Um, but as far as doing away with gender roles, yeah, fuck it. You know, get rid of them. Like, they're not doing anyone any favors. You know, fulfill whatever, like, quote-unquote role in society you want to. Yeah. You know, whatever fulfills you at the end of the so, day. So, like, it's not, like, I don't know how exactly to say it, but, like, do you, so you view it as, like, if someone wants to, like, fit into, like, that, like, housewife, like, it just, like, fulfills them to, like, yeah. be there for and their husband, does. whatever. I've met people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've met people who are not assigned female at birth, and that is, like, what yeah. they want to be. And like, it's not, like, toxic just, like, in and of itself. No, It's just toxic not. when it comes to, like, you have to do this, too. Yeah. Right, when it's, like, prescribed to you. Yeah. Sort of yeah. Like, if somebody wants to live that 90, that 50s housewife reality, then just live that life, then go for it. Yeah. yeah. Like, if that's how you feel comfortable, if you like doing all those domestic things, then good on you. Yeah. Just don't force other people with the same gender identity as you to do it as well, just because the fact that they have the same gender identity as you. Yeah. And even, like, relating to, like, feminism, too, like, people are, like, um... Like, it's not toxic just to, like, wear makeup and wear heels yeah. and, like, like to look nice and, like, get your hair pretty and everything. Like, that's not... There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, like, a lot of women it's, don't wear makeup to look good for men. They look... They wear makeup to look good for yeah. themselves. The, the problem is when you're forcing it on other people. Mm. Yeah. I guess it's, like, your intentions. I don't know. Yeah, and stop having expectations, you know, for what other people should be based off of their gender identity. Like, you know... And, and it, it all kind of ties back, you know, like the the problem with like expecting a woman, especially a straight woman, to be feminine, um, all of the problems that arise from that and like, you know, the discrimination and the bullying, it's kind of the same thing that like non-binary people face when you are expecting, you know, expecting them to act or be a certain way or you're too feminine to be non-binary. It's the same thing. You, you have an expectation that society gave you and it's not being met and that's upsetting you for whatever reason just yeah try your best personally to realize what your biases are and just do away with them yeah yeah just like take the pe- what people say at face value and just believe them yeah like yeah life would be better yeah if, you know we all kind of gave each other the basic respect of like okay that's your that's your experience and you have no right to invalidate someone else's experience did you have any other questions or? Uh, other questions? Uh, yeah, I'm actually gonna change my questions a little bit. Um, we were gonna have a few more people, but we weren't able to get um, the two of them to come. Uh, one of the questions was just more focused on the media and how do you think it portrays just LGBT, uh, LGBT members in general, non-binary, and you know everyone outside the the, the binary system of women and women. You know, there's a lot of characters things are getting bad yeah. real recently um things are getting really ugly i don't yeah, i think i'm yeah do you want to talk about that i think things are getting worse how so oh i just like especially online like um ever since caitlin jenner came out people oh, feel yeah. really Ooh. emboldened to uh immediately without any consideration to you know an individual's journey experience you know, assessment of themselves that's, you know, I promise you has been a years long grapple uh, and to just dismiss it with like, well, that's just not how it is. Okay, but that's still that person's experience. Like, you know what I mean? You, you can't take that away from them. The fact that like the the question, the the discomfort, like that's somebody's lived in experience and you can't invalidate that, you know what I mean? 
So I think things are getting worse online. I see a lot more trans bullying in the last like four years than I have before that. Um, I was out as genderqueer before I was out as what I am now um, because that was the only word I had. Um, because I went to uh, a gay straight alliance when I was in high school and the counselor there, you know, I described like my feelings. I, I just like burst out of middle school ready to go to this GSA to figure out what the fuck was going on with me. And, um, you know, the counselor was like, well, maybe you're genderqueer. And that was the first non-cisgender term I heard. So it was the one I kept. And, you know, it, it took years of realizing there, you know, was a spectrum of trans identities and that that label really didn't fit me. But um, it, it's gotten worse. There was, I feel like there was an atmosphere prior to uh, Caitlyn coming out where people didn't know what that was. So it would be very difficult to run into, on, on accident, people uh, invalidating trans people. But now that it's in the public mind and, and like part of public discourse, it has gotten bad, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree that online. Because like, I feel like it's always been bad. It's just that it's gotten worse since more people are starting to find out about trans identities when they did before. And I feel like this wave is eventually going to pass, but it's definitely going to get worse before it gets better. Hmm. And I feel like there's also a lot of those issues within the trans community itself as well when it comes to non-binary issues. Yeah. Like, there's this YouTuber called Calvin Guerra who makes a lot of videos, and he's a trans man, and he makes a lot of videos invalidating other trans people by calling them trans trenders and fake trans people and, like, bullying the hell out of them. Yeah. And, like, making videos with their names in it and, like, his followers go and attack them and it's just really disgusting. Yeah, like, gatekeeping kind of thing. Like, yeah. And kind of, like, saying that, like... Like, looking at, like, a trans man wearing makeup and saying, like, oh, you're not really a trans man, you're fake, because you're wearing makeup, and no trans man should ever want to wear makeup. Uh, and it's just kind of, like, yeah. people are allowed to do whatever they want to do. If a cis gay man can wear makeup and get away with it, then why can't a trans man wear makeup and yeah. get away with it? Yeah, and I think especially, like, people really fail to put themselves in the shoes of somebody who has lived in, a, like, a female role. Because when you live in a female role pretty much like the the one liberty that you are granted is self-expression like you want to put blue on your face you get to fucking put blue on your face you want to wear something skimpy you can wear something skimpy you might get some repercussions for it but imagine trying to fulfill that in a male role you would your safety would be in jeopardy so um when trans men you know go through you know their their period of discovering themselves one one thing that they grapple with is in order to be read as a man, how much of the fun part of like female identity do I have to give away? Like, do I have to give up the makeup? Because that's a form of self-expression. It's kind of an art. And you have to like decide if I want to be read as a man, then that probably needs to be thrown away. But now there's this like backlash to that where a lot of especially younger trans guys are like, hey, no, screw that. I'm gonna wear whatever I want and be a man regardless. And you, who are you to tell me no? And that's wonderful and beautiful. And of course, we're seeing the, the fight back and forth. And I think both are natural, like, conclusions to come to because, you know, the, with that guy, he feels that people are invalidating his identity because they see these people. So yeah. it, both responses are totally reasonable. Um, but I think ultimately what needs to win out is the, uh, like, like we were talking about before, the, we need to put aside the gender, like, um, the gender roles, you know, and really just take people with what they say they are and, and at face value. 
Yeah. And then going back to the media, I feel like definitely when it comes to online media, it's gotten worse. Mm. I feel like when it comes to other forms of media, especially creative fiction and media like that, I feel like it's gotten a lot better for representation lately. Yo, for, yeah, especially yeah, with cartoons yeah. like Steven Universe, where all the gems are non-binary, and we have a canonical non-binary and intersex character who uses they-them pronouns. That's true. Yeah. That's like a really good step forward, especially since this isn't a piece of children's media from Cartoon Network. Like, this isn't something that's small and niche. Like, it's on a major network. Yeah. And then I remember, like, hearing about other roles where it's, like, I remember finding out about, I can't remember the name of it, but there was this show about, like, a banking office or something like that. They had a non-binary character, and it was played by a non-binary actor. That's awesome. And just general things like that where I feel like, and with shows like Pose and shows like uh, Euphoria, there's a lot more trans actors fulfilling trans roles and giving representation to people who usually don't get that representation That's in the true. media. And I feel like in that way it's gotten a lot better and I feel like that kind of has helped more people to understand trans people than they would have otherwise without that. And yeah. I feel like one of the main pioneers of that was definitely Laverne Cox with her role on Orange of the New Black because like that was the first actress that I could think of who was a trans actress playing an open trans role on a show. And, and that is so awesome. brave. That yeah. is so, so brave. Just Laverne Cox is a goddess. Yeah. I have a legit conclusion. I have a legit prayer candle of her image. <laughs> like, it's so dangerous to do that. Like, I... Like, I don't... Sometimes and sometimes I feel guilty for not being more open, you know? Because at least in the trans community, there's, you know, stealth. You know what I mean? Some people are stealth. Yeah. Some people are trans, on hormones. You can't tell. They don't talk about it. Um, and, like, that's completely valid because it is it's safer. for safety. Yeah. Like, if they're being toxic about it and being shitty, like, oh, everybody should be self or, like, being nasty towards people who can't pass, and that's one thing, but being self in and of itself is not a bad thing because... A lot of people do it to keep themselves safe. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't blame them. Or because them. being trans just isn't a big thing that factors into their day-to-day lives anymore, so they just don't really focus on that anymore because it's not something that's really in their lives. Yeah, so kind of, yeah, basically done, <laughs> as it were. But, um, no, it's it's. I, I still think it's really cool and deserves extra praise when somebody who is trans is like, hi, I'm trans, because that is scary yeah. and dangerous, and you are opening yourself up to... Um, wild, crazy, unrestrained critique from from people who don't care about you. But I was also going to ask about humor and if you think that sometimes jokes can almost go too far and to the point almost to subvert the real issues that go along, that go around in your community. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. um, And almost how can we like fix that? How should we um, almost better, better regulate our, you know, when to tell a joke and when it's appropriate and, you know, really, like, factor in other people's, you know, lives and how they've maybe been affected by the issue you're joking about. Is the joke relevant to you? You know what I mean? Because if it's my experience, I feel like I have every right to fucking joke about trans men all I want Mm -hmm. because, like, that is my experience, that is my community. Like, I would know, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I, I, and I would also know when it's going too far because... To some degree, like, I would be making fun of myself. Mm-hmm. So, if it isn't yours, don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, I love agree with that. That's almost with every kind of, whether it's just race, gender, sexuality. Um, if you're not kind of, like, part of the group, then I would refrain. I would actually not refrain completely. If you're cool with the people that you're around, you know, they, they understand that you're joking, then I say, you know, that's fine. But if you're not, I would say, 
um, really watch what you say and refrain from going almost too far um, with those those type of that type of humor because it really can kind of um, lessen the problems that these people have faced yeah. um, in different um, social groups. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times people think like comedy is just a pass for anything. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. oh, it was like just a joke. Yeah, just but a like, joke. that doesn't like it's bypass. Also, like, comedy isn't really funny when it's punching down. Yeah. Punch up all you want, but don't punch down. Yeah. yeah. It, does, it does put people in kind of like a social bind because if you don't go along with the joke, you can be ridiculed, especially if they get you on camera. Mm. You can be ridiculed in the comment sections for, you know, being too sensitive. Yeah. Um, but if you just let it slide, then, you know, you're just hurting yourself because, you you know, you do feel offended and you do feel that. Um, sense of conflict with, you know, do I speak up, do I not? And like, I feel like I've seen a lot of those people online get offended when trans people don't think that their jokes about like, oh, I identify, I sexually identify as an attack helicopter, jokes are funny, when it's just kind of like, no, it's not funny, that joke has been made about a million times. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, this thing. isn't new anymore, and it's really not funny coming from you guys. Yeah, that's the other thing, like, you know, jokes are funny, maybe like once or twice, but when I go under like a comment section for like, any woman like soccer player for example mm -hmm. during the women's world cup it was just kitchen jokes like oh, oh my gosh. right right I'm and they're like, not making them yeah. it's not like that's not their joke yeah you know they're just I mean? copying and pasting me i'm just like yeah i mean maybe it was funny like once or twice you know but after that it was just kind of like i feel like almost you do actually believe that and i know there's men out there that actually do believe that it's best for women to you know stay in the kitchen or stay in a domestic sphere so you know it's best to probably you know let that joke go and yeah just you know be more respectful in the it's context. just important to like focus on like the intent of yeah like yeah. if you truly are like friends with someone and like they know that it's not coming from a bad place like then i think you can determine those limits like within your like friendship but like if you don't know someone and like it, yeah. intent matters like you can tell when someone's coming from a place of like making fun of you and like you just have to like understand the like social implications of like what you're saying, I guess. And then, yeah. yeah, I feel like it's just people need to understand like relativity and really how um, sometimes it is very hard that you to understand uh, certain group struggles. Mental illness is one of the things that I would have to like point out the most is um, a lot of people do not understand. A lot of people say, you know, depression isn't real or anxiety isn't real. And that's like one of those examples of, yeah, you don't think it's real because you're not in the group. You don't think you invalidate, mm. you invalidate the struggle because you're not in that group. Right. You invalidate the struggle of binary or transgender or trans, yeah, trans persons because you aren't a part of that group. Right. You know, so um, that's just kind of like a, uh, a point made out to our audience of maybe like a whole 10 people. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, just to understand relativity and understand when, uh, how your words can have impact on people, have impacts yeah. on people. Yeah, and I think, like, um, like outside of this podcast, you know, like, a, a general, like, life thing that I think, you know, society really needs to get back on track on with is, um, listen, you know what I mean? Like, stop, because everyone right now is broadcasting, you're just broadcasting opinions, 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 but people stopped listening in the last couple of years. If you want to understand why a group is the way it is, stop and listen to some of its members. Doesn't matter what group it is, you can agree with them, you can disagree with them, but just stop and listen, because then you'll understand. And that way you'll be able to better come up with a counter-argument for something that they try to say to you if they try being shitty. Two sides. It's important to watch both sides of the argument. Yeah. Um, just so, just for your own knowledge and so that if you do not strongly agree with the members in that group, you can easily counter um, what they're about to say. Yeah. yeah. I, and, just, and also to empathize with the reasons because ultimately yeah. we're all living a human experience and, you know, uh, whether a group is... You know, 
like there's some really awful heinous things that are happening of course we don't want to discount those but there's a reason why people got to the place where they're at and to get them out of the place where they're at you need to have some degree of empathy yeah like with how they like, got there like come up with like a common point of understanding yeah because there's usually is some common point of understanding between all these groups and once you can find that point of understanding then you can kind of expand upon like the different issues surrounding that and like why this is different for us and why it's you might have interpreted it differently but really like this is the problem mm. yeah. yeah yeah if if like to give like a solid example of that like um something that uh really adamant especially like christians you know people with very very strong opinions about the lgbt community something that they'll say is well you know god made you this way so you can reproduce you can have a child and you know it's the greatest thing that can ever happen and it's the reason we're all alive and then you just all you need to do is go okay i see what you're saying however we praise monks who are yeah. non-reproductive. We praise nuns. Yeah. Some of the most devout religious people on this planet are non-reproductive. So, how does that fit into your mind frame? You know what I mean? You have to, you have, you have, to have some degree of like listening and empathy to yeah. ever understand the opposite side. Yeah. 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 We're going to have to shout out uh, Jubilee at YouTube because they are probably a good example of yeah. that. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so are they ones that they do, like, they take a group of people who have something in common yeah. and then they, like, split the room and, like... Middle ground. Yeah. yeah. Middle ground. yeah mm. so I love that example. series. Kind of like, oh, do all people with disabilities think the same? And it's just, yeah, like, yeah. those kinds of videos where it, like, shows that not every group is a monolith. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. they all have different opinions. They all have different experiences with their lives. Yeah. yeah. It really does kind of break down that, like, do not, you know, do not generalize. There's always outliers. Even if they're in the same social group, there's always going to be outliers within that social group. So it's best to just keep an open mind and not really assume, 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 like, what we've been talking about. Um, and I feel that, like, going after those outliers is a good way to, like, foster understanding between two groups. Yeah. Because if you get that, then you can get an end to talk to the other members of the group and kind of just kind of try to foster some form of respect or understanding, even if you won't ever quite, like, fully get each other. Yeah. Well, we got a little bit, um, away from our, like, <laughs> <laughs> No, but that was awesome. We had a great, like, like, conversation. discussion, yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully our professor won't mind, but I thought this was a great discussion. So, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you.